Today's episode of Shootcast is brought to you by our friends at Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Motorvale and Sydney's Northern Beaches, one of Australia's best craft brewers. Be sure to check the guys out online or why not visit the brewery. Thank you to Modus for your continuing support of the show. Well, we're through three rounds of the competition and what a round three it was. Told us so much about this year's Shoot Shield with some of the competition's heavyweights going toe-to-toe. Joining me on the show again, Andrew Swain from Stan Sport and Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Really looking forward to talking through all the footy. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome to Shootcast, our round three wrap. Joining me again on the line is Andrew Swain from Stansport and Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Swainy, we'll start with you, mate. How are you, big fella? Very good. Gee, I tell you what, I'm just still catching my breath after a ripping weekend of rugby from grassroots and club all the way up to the professional level. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. It was pretty special. And Casho, mate, you must be uh, still rosy-cheeked after uh, probably a few celebratory ales up there at the Hill on North Sydney Oval on Saturday. Oh, listen, what a, what a fantastic day. Love, lovely day on the hill there uh, near the Jumping Castle uh, un, un, under that new uh, scoreboard at North Sydney Oval and uh, 33 to 17, you've, uh, you, you've got to love a, uh, a derby win over Gordon. And listen, just, just quietly, I, I think it's nudging the Beaches derby. Oh. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing this. So look, the optics on the uh, TV with the one camera angle, couldn't quite give me that appreciation, but I'm hearing it was uh, it was well attended. A lot of um, good games will attend. I'm going to come to the club rugby coverage shortly because it was a really special weekend, I felt, from a neutral on the weekend. But, Swainy, mate, you just keep calling the big matches. If you want to break the ice and, and do something special as a rugby team, you've got to get Andrew Swain to call you matches because you called the force into their first finals series uh, on Friday night. Mate. That was a pretty special moment, although it was at the expense of your beloved Reds. Yeah, well, that's right, Burge. I, I I haven't had a really good game this year, I don't think, that I've been able to call. I've had some you know, close ones and what have you, but this one was just high quality. It was brilliant mm. from kickoff through to the 80th minute. And, um, yeah, the, the force finding their way into the finals, it's just a team that don't give up. They've got so much fight in them, um, and it probably comes mm. from where they've had to come from. Um, you know, they, they were kicked out of the comp in 2017 and and now uh, are back in, and, and they've managed to fight their way back into the finals, into the finals for the first time. Uh, quite incredible game, quite an incredible game. You know, the, the Reds raced out to a big lead, you know, Tong and Thor scored one of the tries of the year, um, oh, smashing through. Didn't he what? You know, he just he, he beat every player on the field. Um, you know, and he's a tight head prop. We have to keep reminding ourselves. And then, uh, mm. and then a, a young fella named Jordan Oluwafella uh, scored a hat trick for the Force. And and yeah. you know, it was probably the Tiveta Kurandrani tackle on Paisami that was the big momentum changer in that game. Uh, he absolutely laid him out. And, uh, you yeah. know, clips Sitalevich. He was actually lucky, I reckon, in, in some respects. Yeah, well, that's right. He, he clipped Sitalevich Tamani's shoulder on the way down, um, but it was a big hit. 
Um, he was lucky to be there because he's, he's since been ruled out for three weeks now, which is another story. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and then uh, that completely changed the dynamic of the game and the, the force clawed their way back into it and, and uh, a try, you know, with a few minutes to go from Jordan Oliwafella, which was one of the, the, bit, the tries of the year as well, a little dab through from Kahui. Uh, and uh, and he picks it up and steals it off James O'Connor, a bit of, um, you know, poetic justice there after, you know, James O'Connor had, um, you know, broken the hearts of Force fans and so many times over the years. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. It, it, was uh, it was just a, a brilliant moment. And, uh, yeah, it was for, for rugby fans, you know, forget Reds and Force fans, for rugby fans, it was a, a really great game to watch. Yeah, good agree with you there, Swaining. Listen, that... Uh... The, the, the way that the force took their opportunity of the death was just absolutely fantastic, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah, good good luck to them. And I hope they uh, I hope they really shake the tree next week, uh, this coming Saturday against the Brumbies. Mm, and the Tars, they just can't take a trick, can they, boys? Uh, look, they tried hard. Um, it was a red card incident. Obviously, it's a 20-minute red card, but um, they finished the season winless. Um I just hope things improve when it comes to the Trans-Tasman competition. Look, I, I do agree that we've seen some on-field improvements, but um, until we start seeing those results turn into Ws, people aren't really going to take too much notice, unfortunately, are they? We are actually in a professional rugby environment and uh, mm. the W rules the world. And uh, listen, if they, if they don't start coming up with things, I think uh, – I think there's there's got to be major changes there, you know, from from the top of the organisation right down to the bottom, and coaches, players, and uh, and, and and the whole lot. Mm-hmm. I love the Tars Instagram after the loss on the weekend. It said, "Mistakes prove costly, and we're looking to reshape for the new competition ahead." God knows what that means, but let's just hope they do reshape because they're going to need to when you're coming up against some of those uh, Kiwis like uh, Mr. Will Jordan and show because they're looking pretty scary, Swaney. Yeah, Tars v Crusaders on um, the, I think it's the third round of uh, mm. Rugby Trans Tasman down in Wollongong. So the gong. They're just trying to get get out of town, get out of sight. Well, there's some, uh, there is some synergy there with Wollongong uh, Uni, I think, and the Crusaders. They do a development pathway, I believe. So yes, that's probably true, trying yeah. to activate that one, which I thought would be interesting. That would be worth a, worth a trip for sure. But, yeah, look, I don't want to be too derm and gloom about the Tars, but, look, the results speak for themselves. I know they've been great um, getting out to Clubland. They were training against the uh, Marlins last week, which was great to see, and they're trying to send as many players as they possibly can back to club footy for the next two weeks so it's an organization that's trying some things and obviously we just hope that uh results start to come but uh swaney i reckon i'm on the money with parise mate he cannot be ignored for higher honors i think yeah he was brilliant again wasn't he that that offload to get nawanganitawase a try um oh. just just showcased his class every time he got the ball he was the guy that was the hardest to put down on the field from but probably from both teams um, but he's, mm. you know, you need fourteen other guys on the field doing their job around you to be that effective. And um, you know, mm. I, I agree with you though. I don't think they can be ignored when it comes to Wallaby selection. Mm. He has to be at least in the conversation in the squad. But Kasha, there's so many good outside centres. I've, I've found that Icky Tower at the Brumbies. We've got Paisami, who's had an unbelievable season. Parise, eh? Um, you know, you've got Matthias um, uh, uh, on the wing at the moment to, to accommodate Pasami. So lots of op- options, aren't there, Kasha? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, like uh, you, you've got to think about where Matt Tamua is going to, uh, going to figure in, in these sort of conversations too because mm. what they probably need amongst that group is someone with, uh, with a bit of experience, a, a, a good head for what's in, what, what's, what's in front of them to, uh, to, to actually uh, execute on, on, on the day. So interesting times ahead. And, listen, uh, from the Tars last week, uh, Donaldson continued to play, I, I thought, uh, sort of like quite well, and he's, yeah. he's taking his chances. So hopefully we might see him in the shoot shield this coming weekend. Yeah, we may do so. We'll we'll jump into the um, shoot shield before we get into the results. I was obviously uh, enjoying the spoils of TV. I didn't get across to North Sydney Oval for uh, uh, parenting commitments. You would say with a four o'clock kickoff, I was pushing a bit towards dinner time. So I was watching the coverage from three o'clock onwards, and I'm very appreciative of the staggered kickoff times because we had a number of kickoffs. Uh, we had three, three ten, three thirty, four o'clock for me to get in as much coverage as possible we need the um we need the red zone swaney i'm asking for another i'm asking for another request here from stan but the (laughs) the simultaneous um i mean look it was fantastic i was flicking around the games it was great it was absolutely awesome uh just getting through plenty of modus operandi watching the shoot shoot shield but as a product it was fantastic we got uh, such good games. The game at Mudgee was fantastic, well attended in the regions. We've got North Sydney Oval, uh, another Belter game. Um, it just There was a bumper crowd down at Coogee. It just looks so good. And I'm starting to think the way this coverage is rolling out, it could actually shape the way the competition might play out. And I think that's happened in other codes. Um, you know, we talk about, um, you know, no NRC, but now each team with its own tab on the stand account You've got your highlights, you've got your, your, your mini-matches, you've got all your games, um, you can follow your team close, you can follow other teams, and it's just done with such ease. It might maybe be a little future way into how content and rugby at this level is looked at. Maybe a national competition is probably the conversation I'm trying to open up. Yeah, what do we I, think? I, I, def- I definitely think so. Um, you know, the, this, is, this, this is three weeks into what is a big commitment from Stan, um, you know, in terms of club rugby. So there's mm. still so much to to understand as to how people consume it. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, there are some smarter people than I am um, definitely doing those numbers and I'm sure they're already seeing some trends and, and some data around that. And I think um, that, you know, just for, purely from a, from a club rugby fan's perspective, it's, it's tantalising, isn't it? Like you said it on the mm. weekend. You settled in, you watched six games, staggered starts. You're able to consume, um, you know, bits and pieces of every team in the competition and you probably consumed the bits that you wanted to as well. Um, exactly. And, and, yep. You know, and you were able to throw out the, the bits that you didn't and that's that's the key. So mm. I think um, this, is a, this is a really cutting edge way of engaging a new fan base and a new audience um Mm. and i think that we're going to see more and more development Uh, as i said three weeks into a a big commitment we will see uh more investment and more um you know clever ways to to engage the the audiences and and hopefully that continues well it's from from someone who who was involved with the uh uh, the media side of the uh, firstly the North Harbour Rays and and then then the Sydney Rays. 
you know, there was always that resistance from uh, from Clubland about you know this was this was trumping us. So I think uh, it probably makes sense that uh, the national club competition does come in, come into play because mm. from a from a New South Wales rugby point of view, they never really accepted the you know I, I suppose it's the bastard child that was imposed on on them by uh, the Australian Rugby Union, which is Rugby Australia now, whereas probably someone like uh, Queensland Rugby embraced it and they're, they're, they're actually uh, getting some real pay out of it at, at, at the moment. But uh, Clubland is, is where it's happening and uh, I, I think that's the future. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, don't big those clubs uh, up too much, Swain. We might have a uh, Super League European style. Uh, you know, a few of us might break ranks and uh, have little competitions on the side, mate. You know, we're, uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? Look, let's jump into the action. Um, it was a fantastic uh, weekend of rugby. We might start uh, close to the heart, close to the heart of Mark Cashman. We'll start um, at the Derby at North Sydney Oval. North taking the spoils. We picked it. Um, we picked it in a tight one, Norse, to win it, but they did get through. Norse 33, Gordon 17. Uh, fantastic manage from start to finish, Casho. What did you observe out there, mate? Oh, listen, it was a legend's day there today, and they, uh, they, they had a couple of guys uh, getting their 100 uh, grade games that uh, that we mentioned last week. Uh, Tommy Evans and Os- Oscar Doherty sort of added to the, uh, to, the legends, uh, to the legends club there. But listen... It was uh, it was an absolutely pulsating uh, game from uh, from start to finish, particularly if you uh, if, if you back the team in, uh, in 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 red and black. So uh, Brad Hamopo had an absolute blinder. Uh, there's there's another guy there, number eight, Brady Lieber, who's uh, who's going to be one to watch in the, in coming weeks, and also uh, uh, Jack Wetton, who's uh, who's down from the Tars and uh, trying to uh, work his way back in there, but. Uh, Listen, Norse just uh, just went about things uh, really, really methodically. The, the, their defence really stung Gordon. I think that uh, that got them on, on 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 the back foot early on. So uh, mm. you know that that was the story of the day. Uh, Norse defence, and then uh, and, and and then Norse's uh, support game and uh, offloading game significantly was uh, was was like really good. And you know, like Norse when there's when there's not too much on, you can uh, you can give it to uh, Angus Sinclair and Harry Bury, and they'll uh, they'll sort of cart it up, and you can and and, and you can start again. But Norse have really sort of like uh, reinvented themselves from from the Cron era because uh, at that stage they're a possession side. Now they're very much an offloading side. So uh, uh, teams have really got to watch that uh, in, in 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 coming months. Gordon probably. Probably underestimated uh, Norse to to a certain extent, but uh, listen, uh, I'm, I'm not saying Gordon are, are out of things now, but uh, listen, they were, uh, they they got a bit of a taste of reality at North Sydney Oval, and uh, listen, they were probably close to four or five thousand there. I think uh, the president Graham O'Donnell told me on uh, late on uh, on the Saturday night that that's the their, their biggest gate for six years at uh, at North Sydney Oval. They hadn't been there for eighteen months. Uh, because of uh, COVID and other sort of bits and pieces, so what? What, what a fantastic venue, and they'd be crazy the Sydney Rugby Union if they don't play the grand final there again, once again at the end of the year. Yeah, it's a good point, Casho. You're right. The offloading game was the thing that caught my eye. I've seen 
um, less offloads across the ditch. Like that, they were they were playing like a Kiwi side, weren't they? Um, mm. And uh, and throwing it around the Bury brothers, I thought were outstanding once again. Max and and Harry, um, you know Jack Morgan up front. He uh, he just continues to um, put some, you know, just has really good touches. You know, it's, it's every every involvement of his is quality. Um, and yeah, it, would, it sounded on on the coverage like there was a really big crowd. That was the one thing I noticed. Uh, and we spoke about it a couple of weeks back, trying to pump more atmosphere into the coverage. Well, they managed to do that at North Sydney Oval, and uh, and it was sounded like it was a you know a big crowd there. Um, you know, Tommy Evans. I managed to get to Bon Andrews earlier in the day and um, give him my well wishes, which was good. At, uh, and then I had to head off to Bank West, but it was uh, just good vibes there at North Sydney Oval, and Norths are looking the real deal. Yeah, I thought they were excellent. Uh, really, really slick. If I was a Norse fan, I'd be very excited by what I see because they play a really, um, really good brand of footy. You can't deny it. They struggled a little bit at scrum time, but it's one of those games where it didn't really seem to matter. Gordon, as we know, I've got a good scrum. Um, but I observed what, what you guys have said. I thought the, the offload game, the second try that Reese Mouse scored was fantastic um, from a number of offloads. Wetton looks like he's certainly found his feet at club level. Um, he looks like he's a very good pickup, certainly for for uh, for Norse at, at this standard of the game. Obviously, he's one going to pop, want to play Super Rugby. Uh, Jevons fellows again everywhere. I thought he was exceptional. Uh, Margan put the exclamation match uh, exclamation mark on the match at the end of the game. Um, Gordon will probably be obviously a bit disappointed, and, and maybe as Casho said. Um, didn't realise, you know, maybe how how quick and how how well placed this North side is for this season. We've got a lot of returning players, um, very cohesive backline. Um, I guess for North, it's just going to be a challenge of keeping this standard up um, throughout the season. Obviously, they'll look to evolve as much as they can. Will they get many players back this year, Kasha? Obviously, Sinclair, much more than that. Well, there's uh, you know there's Sinclair sort of coming back, but I think uh, I, I I think what uh, what they're thriving on is is, uh, you know, they've had a settled group for the best part of probably 14 or uh, or, or 18 months. Uh, mm. I, I actually spoke to Jack Wetton on uh, on uh, mon- Monday about uh, about playing club footy again and uh, he was talking about running out on the North Sydney Oval and, uh, you know, there was, uh, there was the big player tunnels there mm. and all the Gordon blokes were saying, Go back to New Zealand, go back to Auckland, you bloody Kiwi, and you know, rack off and da da da. And he said, absolutely loved it. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. So, uh, a, a wee bit of revenge there, you could say, for uh, from Jack Wetton. Geez, God, want to check their uh, line up the low grades for a potential Kiwi influx because that's, <laughs> that's, that's a bit that's there. That's a little bit rich. That's a little bit rich. Anyway, um, all good. Look, we'll, um, We'll leave that match there. As we say, exciting times at Norse and Gordon uh, won't be too far away. I'm sure they'll go back to the training paddocks tonight and uh, hit those tackle bags. I caught most of the game at Foreshore. Most Marlins do like to keep an eye on our neighbours as much as we possibly can. Um, so I watched South beat the Rats in a if funny sort of affair. Um, Ringer looked pretty good early. They um, sort of took their chances, but... Um, South really started to get some ascendancy at the set piece and it cost the Rats. They didn't really have any answers till towards later in the game and um, South were obviously desperate. We talked about their start to the season and wanting to, to get to get on track and they've done that. So uh, well done um, to the Rebels. 
Uh, the Rats, however, will probably be a little bit disappointed with their performance uh, on a whole, hey, Swaney? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, the, you know, they came home with a wet sail, um, scored that late try, didn't they? And yep. you thought, we're, gonna, we're on now for a bit of revenge on what happened last year up at Rat Park between Souths and, and the Rats, but um, it uh, wasn't to be. Yeah, Souths, look, they're, they're, you know, their set piece looks pretty good, doesn't it? Um, Andrew Tuala. Um, at Hooker. Scrum's excellent. Yeah, very scrum good scrum. is excellent. Um, and, uh, and you know, Kagiasis is just a he, – he just pops up everywhere. He had the 15 on his back, um, I believe, on the weekend. But uh, Isn't um, he just a great first grader, Kagiasis? Like he's just – you know, he's probably not going to get any opportunities this late in his career, but he's just a, a standout first grader, Kagiasis. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they had um, they had Freddie Durrow there, who's former former uh, uh, Randwick fly half. Uh, he's moved his way south um, in the 10 jersey, and he looked pretty uh, assured as well at times. So, um, yeah, I mean, early on um, you know, the, the yellow card and the penalty try, did anyone get a chance to see that? That was that was unbelievable. Um, yeah, yeah, it was um, it was all happening, wasn't it? Penalty try to the to the rats after a, a shoulder charge from I think it was Tambua Tomata, the mm. winger for Seats. But um, yeah, look, crazy old game. These two sides always just put on a real entertaining one, don't they? And uh, and this one was no exception. Yeah, I, I, I think this one uh, for Southern Districts was probably three weeks in the in 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 the making. They were. Uh, you know they've come up with pretty reasonable performances in in the first two weeks and uh, come up a wee bit short. One at Willara Oval and, uh, and, uh, and 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 their round two game uh, were did, didn't go their way. And uh, but uh, this one was uh, where where they actually got out and uh, scored a few points in some critical areas, and then uh, and then were, were able to. Uh, to uh, manage Warringah at the end there, as they they, they they sort of came back into the game with a bit of uh, Ben Ma magic. So uh, anyway, listen, it's uh, it's uh, it's great to win at home, and that was uh, that, that that was great for the Rebels. Yeah, it was, and you're right. Ben Ma can still sort of pluck some magic out of thin air, and he's he's good at that. The Rats certainly looked a bit plucky, but I'm sure Mike Riven will be looking to uh, uh, probably just iron out a few kinks. They've probably got it set piece time and just get a little bit more stability um, to things. Obviously, you know, you've lost some of those players like Josh Holmes and, and that that can just turn a match very quickly. So um, they're going to need to find some rhythm. I'm sure they're across that. Um, we might uh, head out to Coogee, um, to the Eastern Derby, uh, where Ramick uh, took on the Beasties, and Ramick came up short, 22, East 31. A uh, great rebound win uh, for Eastern Suburbs after their loss to Manly last uh, well, round two. Um, so, yeah, it was um, it was a sort of uh, topsy-turvy match, and the boot of Rowan Sifaloy was pretty critical, Kasha. Yeah, that's right. He kicked some uh, crucial penalty goals and conversions, and and uh, also hit the sticks uh, a, a couple of times there. But uh, the thing that uh, about this one was uh, East East went went to Coogee Oval, which which is a bit of a graveyard for them in recent times. I I, I spoke to East coach Paulie Taumoipia uh, earlier in the week, and he he, he was talking about uh, how it's. Uh, how it's been a, a bit of a desert for them uh, in terms of uh, shoot shield uh, performances there, but uh, listen, they uh, they managed to uh, 
get that try at the death to uh, give him that 31-22 uh, victory uh, 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 over the uh, uh, over the Galloping Greens. It's been uh, it's been uh, really really hard for East to uh, sort of come up with um, with any sort of consistent result at uh, at, at Ramwick. You know they were they were talking about. Uh, the emotional energy that uh, Ramrick bring, bring to this game, and it, it, it showed at uh, different times. But uh, East managed to uh, to get there in the end and uh, and 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 come up with uh, with the right plays. And uh, you mentioned Rowan Cyphaloy; he, uh, he he was a calming influence out there right from minute one until the end in uh, in minute eight, eighty two. And uh, he's captain. Uh, uh, Digby was uh, was was very happy for uh, for his calming influence there. But uh, listen, great result for East and uh, you know Ramwick. Uh, you know they've they've got some soul searching to do before they head up to Newcastle on the weekend. Yeah, it was a um, some crazy old moments in this game too, weren't there? You know the intercept from Vaya that takes them up the field, and uh, he found um, you know the supporting player to sprint away and. Yeah, that was a cracking try, wasn't it? Big yeah, up, up the middle. I thought they had some, some actually some really good standouts. Uh, Ramage and that Houston had a really good game. Is Parodi? Parodi had a, had a very good game too. So oh, I think Ramage. You know, obviously they'll be disappointed to lose this one, but um, yeah, I thought they showed a, a lot more than what they had been showing uh, for the first couple of rounds. Definitely. The uh, the danger for Ramage is is going to be. Not getting the wins early, early in the season, and they'll be uh, mm. they'll be chasing games. So that brings a lot of pressure to a to a shoot shield side. So you know they've uh, they've got to get on the horse pretty quickly. I think. I think so. I think so. Well, let's have a uh, talk about the watershed victory uh, for the Penrith Emus. Um, took on uh, Parramatta on their patch, and the Emus have uh, come up trumps eleven seven. Low-scoring affair, uh, but no less uh, more emotionally charged or special, hey, Sweeney? Oh, look, I reckon they would have taken a 3-0 victory, wouldn't they? Um, it was definitely emotion-charged. Um, there was some, you know, pretty hairy moments throughout that whole game. Um, you know, even, the, even at the death there, the two Blues had the opportunity to win it. Um, they gave them every opportunity to. Didn't they? Didn't they? And... <laughs> And, uh, you know, Robbie Feldman, who called the game, you could hear it in his voice that the, the clock was ticking well past the 80-minute mark and you thought, you know, the referees, the sole judge of time here, just blow it. <laughs> just blow the whistle. Um, and I'm sure that most of the people there at, at Holroyd Sports Ground uh, <laughs> would have been thinking the same from, from a Penrith perspective. But, you know, the scenes when they won it, um, they all got down on knees and uh, and – you know, prayed and and uh, and then the um, just the the jubilation on their faces. It was it was you know it was just lovely to see. It was something that this competition's cried out for for years. Twenty fourteen, mm. the last time they won, and mm. uh, it was just nice to see it finally happen. Yeah, I, I think boys, two thousand four hundred and seventy one long days. So. Uh, Listen, Mug, Mug, I, I spoke to uh, John Muggle or Muggo uh, on, uh, on 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 Monday, and uh, he said he'd take that any any day of the week. But uh, listen, there's still, you know, let, let, let's be honest, there's still a hell of a lot of work to do at uh, at Penrith. They're fielding one side and two Colts, so mm-hmm. uh, 
probably not uh, not uh, fulfilling their competition requirements, uh, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I was going to raise that. Uh, yeah. yeah, listen, if they uh, if they continue to to sort of tick over a few wins there, you know, good 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 luck to them. But uh, listen, it's. Um, it's uh, it's a bit of a boil on the on on the bum to be perfectly honest. So uh, anyway, let's uh, let's celebrate their victory uh, this week against the Western Sydney Two Blues, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens uh, ne- next week. So uh, yeah, I got to echo, echo that, Casho. It's, um, it's a shame it's come at the expense of another Western, you know, side that's obviously going through their own struggles as well. Um, but yeah, we're just going to have to obviously. Uh, Celebrate the win, but clearly identify that still so much work needs to be done for some of these sides uh, right now. So, uh, yeah, and, and and the two blues are obviously on the back foot a wee bit by uh, by a serious injury early in the game. Yeah, so it was a really uh, bad injury. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm 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 told that player is uh, is out of hospital and uh, you know on the mend, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens from there. Yep. Now. Um, I'm going to say this was match of the round out at Mudgee. Um, the heavyweights, El Clasico, I call it, University <laughs> and uh, Eastwood, uh, they've given us so many of the great grand finals, so many of the great premiership runs. Um, it was an absolutely fascinating match. Uni came out of the gates, were so organised, so disciplined. They put on an absolute clinic in the first half. They were... Typically good at set piece. Driving more was excellent. Scrummed well, uh, but there was also some fantastic attack that kept changing the point of attack. Uh, Clooney's Ross, Tim Clements, they were absolutely tearing Eastwood apart. Uh, and then um, I think they went in the break about twenty-eight three ahead. Eastwood awoke from their slumber and scored about three or four tries. Um, it was pretty even. Uni pushed ahead. They pushed back and forward. Um, it was an unbelievable match. It finished up uni scoring on the bell 49 to the Woods 44. I cannot work out what happened at, with Eastwood because they had possession and obviously the clock on on um, Stan, I'm not sure obviously what's happening on the field. It's obviously different. I'm not sure how much time uh, Eastwood knew they had or, or little they had, um, but uh, Chris Bell's decided to kick the ball straight to the – University fullback and wasn't it was a bit of a lollipop kick on to be honest straight to him and four phases later um, Eastwood were down to thirteen I think at that stage typically uni score so I think Eastwood will be ruining that one but knowing and taking a lot of confidence out of the fact they were able to fight back um, but it was a spectacular game of rugby Swaney yeah yeah so it should have been twenty eight three at half time and um, the Woodies scored that. Uh, that try right just on the before. buzzer, yeah, that's yeah, right. make it twenty eight ten, and then uh, and then they just they just wore Uni down, didn't they? They, they did. Um, they scored that try. I think Shelley scored that try to make it twenty eight seventeen. Where you know it went about fifteen or twenty phases, and then uh, you know Charlie Kale is it? I think he made that break down the down the short side, and um, Shelley finishes it off. It just. It just gets closer. Gonzalez scored a ripper try. Oh, great try. Um, yeah, it was an absolute ripper. And then, uh, and then, you know, it was just tit for tat after that. Um, and you're right, that last play, you, you just it's it's 
stuff that coaches put their head in their hands with, but um, mm. they found a way, didn't they? Uni, great atmosphere at Mudgee at Glen Willow Park there, and yeah. uh, brilliant to uh, to take Shoot Shield rugby out to the country and and this early in the season as well. Um, and you're right, probably the match of the round. We uh, we we spoke about the North offloading game, and I think uh, I think Uni are right up there with them with uh, with their offloading game, and that's. Uh, that's uh, that's something that, uh, that 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 comes from uh, obviously their uh, their Kiwi coach uh, Rob Taylor and uh, he, he's obviously injected a lot of confidence in into that particular group and it was great to see uh, Tim Clements uh, you know have, having a, having another strong season after what what he would probably uh, consider to be uh, be quite a, a flat year last year so he, he scored that winning try that. Uh, that uh, that long interchange and, uh, and 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 great run down that uh, down that left hand side. So, he's a, he's uh, a terrific yeah. player. He's come on really well this year. Looks like he's had a very good off season. I think the uh, the think the the unsung hero of this uni side at the moment is young Henry Robertson as well. He's a star. He's, a star. Yeah, he's brilliant, isn't he? He just directs play beautifully. He's such a general for that uni side. Uh, they they really needed that type of player. The last couple of years, and uh, and he's he's definitely filling that that role very well. Yeah, no, and and, all, and also Swaney, the uh, the kicking game and uh, the option taking of the ten uh, Ben Hughes. Like, uh, not many people spoke about him over the past sort of couple of years, but uh, he's played uh, really well in these first three weeks, and it's good to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uni certainly um, heading in the right direction. You could just you can see Taylor's impact uh, uh, on the club uh, immediately, and um, you know you got to think it's only going to go one way and get stronger and stronger. So uh, they're right in the mix, and obviously very chuffed after a, after a huge win um, on the weekend. I know they uh, enjoyed plenty of beverages out on the Mudgee Town. Good to see them enjoying the regional hospitality, Swaney. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Uh, wine country up there, beautiful. Um, yeah, I hope they did enjoy themselves. That's what uh, club rugby and touring is all about. Yeah, love it, absolutely. Look, uh, final game of the round, uh, the Pirates have taken a very important win over Hunter, who we were talking up as a side that was looking very closely to, to, to uh, getting their first W of the season, and they certainly would have eyed this one as, as one of those opportunities uh, but West have showed they're just as desperate, and uh, it's a great win for the Pirates, Casho. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Listen, uh, most judges would have would have picked the Wildfires to uh, notch something up uh, here, but uh, listen, uh, West came in and uh, Dremoyne Oval scored two tries to nil, and uh, went went about things sort of like uh, quite well. You know, plenty of drama at the end with uh, with the Wildfires. Hammering on, on on their line, but uh, listen, they managed to negotiate that, and uh, we shall we we shall see uh, whether uh, whether the wildfires uh, are able to come up with their first win this week at home against uh, against Randwick uh, up there at uh, the uh, Newcastle Sports Ground number two. Yeah, Bubba Coleman will be eyeing that one off uh, for sure. So that wraps up the action. I've got an early season theory, gents. Um, oh, here we go. If, if you're Can listening, you out. I'm confident on this. I, I'm not a just, uh, just, just hang on, Bircher. I just want to write all this down. That's all right. No, it's very brief. 
I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a gambler. I don't sports bet. I don't punt on anything. Um, but I'm going to make a prediction. I'm already seeing a top four. I see Uni. I see Norse. I see Woods and Gordon. And then I see an almighty shit fight for fourth to for fifth and sixth spots in the semis. I, I know it's early. I know it's round three. But I just after watching the weekend, um, I feel like those four sides are looking a little bit further down the field than the rest of the competition right now. What do we think? Yeah. Too early? Oh, no, I'd agree with you. Um, I, I think those sides have definitely shown the most cohesion uh, and the most uh, promise early in the season. Mm. Look, I'd just be shocked if those four sides weren't in the top six. That's my personal opinion. What do you think, Kasha? Well, you know, you, you, you look at the table here. You've got, you got Uni on top on 15, Norse on 14, Eastwood on 11, Gordon on 10. Listen, that's that's logic suggests that that's going to be your your top four. East could well force their way up there. They're, they're yes. on nine. And, and then you've got Warringah on seven, South on six, Ramwick on five, Manly on, on four. And, you know, like, let's be honest, Penrith West Harbour, Hunter Wildfires and the two Blues are probably at this stage, dare I say, make it, making up the numbers. So, uh, you know, how many we got there? We got two, four, six, eight, nine for uh, for six spots in, in, in the finals. Mm-hmm. It's a fairly harsh judgment to sort of like do it now, but uh, that's probably the reality of the uh, of the Shoot Shield uh 2021. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, maybe not going on a limb really, but I just think those four sides are looking uh, are looking pretty pretty strong already. Anyway, I I hope I'm wrong, and I hope um, you know we get um, more sides pushing up the ladder because it's uh, yeah, it's looking it's looking really good, and the, and the level of rugby that was played, particularly across those two matches, was fantastic on the weekend. So let's see what this weekend brings. Um, we've got some awesome fixtures uh, for round four. Um, I really like the look of the East v Eastwood game, Swaney. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a beauty down at Willara Oval. Um, I think, I believe last year, East v Eastwood at Willara Oval was a belter. Yeah, they've had um, a good rivalry, these two sides, over the last few years. They have. Uh, and from memory, that one at Willara last year was a cracker. Um, so if they could replicate Didn't they lose them the week after, I think? Yeah, yeah, that's right. They played them in the... Semis, um, yeah. semis as well, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's definitely um, there's definitely good rivalry up between these two sides, and uh, and yeah, look, both coming off um, or East coming off a, a victory over Randwick, which they'll they'll have their tails up. Eastwood a loss to Uni, um, you know, Ben Batcher will be wanting to get them back up, so this will be a good one. Mm-hmm. Norse taking on the Rebels, Casho. Norse will be, need to be on their guard. Obviously, after the Derby, um, they can be difficult weeks to get up after after a big big match like that. Yeah, listen, the uh, you know they were uh, they sort of left alone on uh, on on Sunday and Monday, which is probably probably uh, a, a, a good idea after a big build up uh, the, uh, the the Norse boys. But uh, listen, this, this is a critical game. Souths have always uh, been been hard for Norths to uh, sort of nut their way through, and uh, if 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 you looked at some of the scrum wobbles that uh, happened to Norths 
just before half time on on Saturday and against Gordon, you you would have some concern there with the with the quality of personnel in in, in the front row and the scrum at uh, at Southern District. So probably no real surprises about how Todd Loudon's going to instruct his players to uh, mm. go go about the afternoon. It's going to be uh, field position uh, and, uh, and 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 scrums in the uh, in the opposition twenty two. So. Uh, a very difficult game for Norths to uh, negotiate there, but uh, they actually did that against uh, another big side in, in the Hunter Wildfires in the wet a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I think there's some positives there, there, there for Norths. Mm. Well, rats are taking on the Pirates. Pirates will want to keep things going. Obviously, Rats will want to rebound after their uh, loss against the Rebels. That'll be an interesting game. Emus have got a very tough task up against the students. It doesn't come much tougher after your first win in seven years, does it, Sweeney? <laughs> no, no, that's right. And when you talk about the the almighty shit fight uh, that's going to um, be happening in the middle of the table, there, you know, for someone for a team like the Rats um, coming up against the West Harbour side, will have their tails up. Um, it's a, you know, it's a danger game. Like it's a banana classic banana skin game. Yeah. Um, but they'll uh, they'll definitely be uh, looking to bounce back the Rats. Uh, you know, the EMUs up against Sydney Uni, um, you know, can lightning strike twice? I very much doubt it. But um, yeah. I, you know, hope that they can be competitive. The Marlins are back in action uh, at Manly Oval against the Two Blues. I'll check that one out. Be interesting to get a read on the Marlins. Obviously, uh, catastrophic round one performance and then a emotion charge victory at East in round two. It's still very hard to get a read on Manly. A couple of players uh, lamenting the bye this week, actually. Just wanted to make sure, keep things going. Anyway, it was what it was. But um, uh, Manly, uh, you know, one from two. If they can win, a, get up here and, and, and have a good win, uh, they'll be right back in the, in the mix, Casho. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting that... Uh, when I was talking to Harley Atwater probably a week or so ago after their win over Eastern Suburbs, he was saying, listen, we, we, we could quite deceivably actually end end round four with, uh, with, with, with two and one, which probably uh, if you spoke to Matt McGoldrick in uh, November last year, mm. you'd go, listen, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll cop that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting times. And they yes, take on uni the following week as well, so they want to be building into that clash, you'd think. Um, and it's bloody ladies' day at uni. They always put your ladies' day against uh, the Marlins. And as the cardinal rule as a club footy player, you don't lose on ladies' day. Correct. Although East lost against us at ladies' day, so, you know, that's a bit unfortunate for East. But, um, yeah, just a bit, you know, I don't know why. They're just picking on us, Sweeney. I, I, <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Cry me a river. Yeah, I know, I know. Just trying to look for any edge I can. But, uh, yeah, that will be a test next week. But I uh, won't be looking past uh, the two Blues on Saturday. Now, now, Burjo, if I could switch attention to something, you know, the question is out there, is the Norse Gordon game the big derby <laughs> in the shoot shield now rather than the uh, Warringah v Manly or Manly versus Warringah game? So, uh you know, as they say on Twitter, discuss. I uh, was talking to somebody shall not be named uh, close to Gordon's revival and uh, sort of said that winning changes everything, um, you know, in terms of Norse being a very competitive side for the last 
six years um, and Gordon's rise to the comp and how that success has contributed to, uh, you know, the, the environment that, that breeds more attention and more fans. And, uh, look, I wasn't there at, on the weekend. Um, but the Manly Warringah Derby has just outlasted the test of time. And it's it's just showered in just uh, drama and uh, you know uh, Brutus like actions and just traitors and just horrible horrible things that have occurred between the clubs over the years and uh, there's a real genuine hatred that I'm just not sure um, the North Shore can can replicate, Kasha. Well, you, you know, listen, we we used to go up there in in the seventies and eighties and and steal stags' heads, and they used to come down and steal uh, portraits of, um, of John Thornett, which are now in the, uh, in the National Portrait Gallery in Canberra. But mm. uh, anyway, listen, it's, uh, it, it's great, you know, that uh, there's, there's that derby, there's, there's one here, and uh, we're all looking forward to uh, uh, watching at close, uh, at close view that, uh, that, that game uh, on June 5 between Warringah and Manly. Well, you know what you might have just it's... said to me? You yes. said to me that you're all criminals. That's yeah, basically. basically what you said. Basically. Now, Kasha, you've actually got no chance this year because did you know this year is the 50th year of the Manly Oringa Derby? There's a big, big, big lunch on the 4th, the day before, up at the Miramar at Terry Hills. Tickets stand already 650 sold. Uh, we're expecting close to 1,000. Um, Rod McQueen will be speaking, Alan Jones will be speaking, the who's who of rugby over the years will be speaking. I'm not sure if Alan Jones is a good or a bad plug then, but that's okay. Um, it's going to be special. They're going to be playing in the original strip. Uh, Ringer is going to name their team of the last 50 years and Manly will name theirs and they'll form a guard of honour. So any talk of a Norse Gordon revival will be squashed uh, in the history of the Marlins Rats Derby this year. Oh, listen, we'll we'll wave you through, Burjo. We'll <laughs> wave you through for that week. <laughs> well, I'll, maybe I should shout you guys the lunch, and um, you know it should be a special day though. But yeah, look, it's fantastic to see old rivalries, old traditional clubs, and I'm with you, Casho. If um, if the grand final's not at North Sydney Oval, I'll go to Phil Parsons' house with you, and we'll egg it. It's <laughs> right. Not that I know where he lives, but I'll find out. It's a small place, the beaches. It's somewhere in DY, I think. (laughs) On that note, we'll leave it there. Thanks, boys.